0: Hello everyone, welcome to Great Heart's Table. I'm Randy Greenwald, your host. In America, Thanksgiving was a few days ago. I hope it was a good day for you. I'm glad for at least one day in the year when my grumbly spirit is forced to be put on the shelf so I can practice some acts of gratitude. It would be good if that happened more frequently. And to that end, I offer this post. If you find Great Heart's Table something for which you're thankful, I'd be grateful if you'd rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And if you'd like to take a step further, you can support this work at patreon.com. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for joining us around Great Hearts Table. Oh, my favorite people are broken. Believe me, I hush and know. Years ago, Adri, a dear friend, said something to my wife that inspired a new Greenwald family tradition. On Thanksgiving, every guest around our table is given three pieces of gray cardstock cut into random shapes we call rocks. On each rock, we write one thing for which we are thankful, and then we drop them into a basket. After dinner, the basket is passed around, In turn, we pull out a rock, read it aloud, and we all guess who might be thankful for that thing. It's a sweet time that our kids and grandkids greatly anticipate and enjoy. It's important, too. Acts like this, which consciously call to mind the things we've been given, serve as counterweights to, among other things, our bent toward covetousness. To covet is to fix our eyes on the things we don't have which is a tempting path for struggling and weary pastors. To be thankful, on the other hand, is to fix our eyes on the things we do have, things given by a good and generous father. Last year, at a time when I was licking my wounds over a painful loss, I picked up Brene Brown's little book, The Gifts of Imperfection, and read it in one sitting. She offered medicine that I very much needed at the time, which included a call to a regular practice of gratitude. She writes, When the wholehearted talk about gratitude, there are a whole bunch of verbs involved. It seems gratitude without practice may be a little like faith without works. It's not alive. The testimony of those who practice gratitude is that it feeds contentment. Even so, most of us don't include gratitude as a part of our regular life rhythm and I can't change your routines, but I can invite you into a momentary reflection on the things for which you're grateful. Imagine you're seated around our table. You have three rocks in front of you, and for the moment, we've restricted the category of gratitude to your role as a pastor. What do you write on your rocks? While running recently, I did something similar, dictating my rocks, as it were, as a voice memo. Uh, There were more than three. First, I thought of the things I get to do as a pastor. I get to hear people's joys and to grieve with them in their sorrows. I get to occasionally watch someone's eyes light up as they get something, whether it's some pathway open to them or some truth that touches their heart. I get to give attention to others' stories and by listening possibly alleviate their anxiety. I get the best seat at weddings and funerals and many other pivotal life events. I get to study and read and teach and preach and offer truth to others that can wake the dead. I get to shape a community, or at least a life or two, to be just a bit more like Jesus. I get to announce that Jesus is born and that he is risen from the dead and in so many other ways tell of all the works of God. Beyond these, I thought of other things for which I am grateful as a pastor. In no particular order for the church with all her imperfections for those who model Christian faithfulness into the latter years of their lives for the model of unrelenting faithfulness in my dad who taught third grade Sunday school for more than 30 years for people who gently care for the elderly and especially those with memory loss for those who represent the compassion of Christ to the homeless the disabled and the poor For a wife who's never questioned my call or my frequent wild ideas. For mental health professionals. For pastoral models whose imprint on my life is greater than I'll ever fully know. For pastoral friends who encourage me over and over again. For the confessions and creeds of the church which keep me theologically centered. Yeah, I need a lot of rocks. And my list would be different were it composed today. The point is that this takes effort, a conscious decision to move away from covetousness toward the stability of contentment by a regular practice of gratitude. But this can be hard, I know. Last year, we ate our Thanksgiving meal in the shadow of my son-in-law's death the previous May. As the basket made its rounds, a rock was read that said, I'm thankful for my daddy. We began the guessing game, and realized it had been written by our 9-year-old grandson who was now fatherless. The moment became one of silence, of tears, and of long embraces. As we often acknowledge here, pastoral ministry can often feel like more sorrow than joy, more struggle than victory. My grandson reminded me that even in our sorrow we can and should find a footing for gratitude. We need to practice gratitude even in our tears knowing that through our Father's greatest gift, in time, all tears will end. Would you take a moment to let me know what's written on your three rocks? Three things for which you're grateful as a pastor. I've created a Google form for you to do so, where you can remain anonymous. The link is in the show notes. Or you can email me, the address you can find there as well. These can be general or specific and perhaps I'll find a way to share them in a future post. Thanks. Great Heart's Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs All My Favorite People and Called Home, and thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just share of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found, called home. Take a left to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness, called home.